hey friends of the pod um we have a special event called the pull-up it's a back-to-school drive starting june 7th and lasting to july 31st we're trying to get as much as much school supplies as we can to fill 200 book bag versus stuff for kids k through eight um, we want to give them a great school year even though 2020 has been a little rough needs to say so if you want to donate please reach out to me directly or if you want to donate you can also use the cash app dollar sign help kids learn that's dollar sign help kids learn more information you can reach out to the email genius at trulygenius.co that's genius at trulygenius.co for more information thanks again please give donate 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 and love, peace, and chicken grease. Welcome to Drew versus the World. This is Drew versus the World, a podcast about living, loving, and laughing, getting inspiration through information. Today we have Elegant Plume on the podcast. How are you doing today? I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. I cannot complain. Um, we're yeah. doing a late late night podcast. It's the we first are. one, <laughs> <laughs> and I I, I kind of liked it. I kind of like it. Yeah, it, it works for like me the too. Left my, like the left, the last of my energy is kind of like what I deserted <laughs> on this. It's great. <laughs> Got that second wind going, right? Exactly. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so first thing foremost, the the thing I've been kind of doing in the podcast is um a thing called the quarantine check-in. <laughs> we all been on quarantine, so I just want to do like a quarantine check-in. It's like a mental health check as well. So I got about three questions, three, four questions. Um, and I'm gonna shoot. Okay. Okay. Um, first question. Can you give me one word that would describe your quarantine time, your time in quarantine? Um, relaxing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Very relaxing. How so? Um, because I've been doing everything that I want to do. <laughs> I work from home, which is relaxing. Right. I chill with my family, which is relaxing. I go to cigar lounges, which is relaxing. So I've just been depositing into myself. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Is that like a like a change from your ordinary kind of like? It's uh, not. You know, quarantine hasn't really affected me that much, other than the fact that my kids, um, when school was in session, were at home all the time. Otherwise, than that, there was no real huge change, except for the whole toilet paper scare. That kind of freaked me out. <laughs> that freaked me out. How, did you did you stock up, or could you, could you not I, find anything? I, I didn't take it seriously. I went into the grocery store to go get some food, and I'm like, you know what? My daughter used the last roll. Let me go get some toilet paper. No toilet paper. Went to four stores. No toilet paper. We ended up having to get baby wipes. It was kind of scary at that point. <laughs> I'm like, I'm using baby wipes and napkins from McDonald's. This is a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, things kind of got real for me at that point. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how long did you, how long were you baby wiped in McDonald's? Uh, um, uh, for about a week until someone who loved okay. me told me that there was some <laughs> toilet paper at uh, the dollar store. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> you, you know, some things you don't miss until they're gone. And exactly. those, that was one of those things. Well, I was like, what does toilet paper have to do with COVID? Like I didn't see mm-hmm. the correlation. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're all good over here now. <laughs> yeah, my mom has literally stocked up ever since that scare. She she at least keeps like six or seven big Sam's Club uh, <laughs> joints at the house. Right. Uh, if, if any, in case of any it, scenario that happens again, she will never go. be without toilet paper again. I get it. Never. She's a smart lady. Very smart lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, what is something that you learned during the quarantine? Uh, something that I've learned, um, or a skill you picked up or something you're doing now that you didn't do before. 
I just utilized the time to kind of build my brand more because um, I just had a lot of downtime. So I was like, what can I do to best utilize this? Um, and so I just did a lot of research and coming up with things that I'm going to do within the first quarter of 2021, um, doing a lot of networking, um, just kind of depositing into Elegant Plume and then just spending time with family. You know, I mean, family is the utmost important thing. Um, I have four kids. So I'm um, spending a lot of time with them doing TikToks. TikToks was the rage in my house. <laughs> so we've been doing those left and right. And we just had a lot of bonding moments. So, you know, yeah, I think those would be the two things that I've learned. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, if you could do anything differently during quarantine, what would it be? If you, if you knew now, if you knew then what you know now. Probably take it a little more seriously. I really thought that it wasn't as big of a deal. I thought the government was blowing things out of proportion. I couldn't understand why things were the way they were with kids getting kicked out of school. And I thought it was just like another strand of the flu. Yes. Um, but it wasn't until um, a couple of uh, people in my, not inner circle, but outer circle actually got the uh, COVID. They didn't die, thank goodness. But I was like, mm. okay. They, I mean, they recovered. But I was like, okay, this is actually maybe a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I started actually, to take it a little bit more seriously. Mm, yeah, start wearing exactly my mask serious. out. Yeah. So, you know. So have they fully recovered? Oh, yeah. Both of them have fully recovered. Okay, okay. Yeah. I actually think my daughter had it in February before it actually got big. Yeah, um, because I remember I was at a lounge with some friends and um, she called me. She's like, mommy, I don't feel good. And she's like, I keep coughing. And she did have a lingering cough. Her cough maybe last about four weeks, maybe. I came home. Wow. She, I didn't have a thermometer at the house at the time, but she was on fire just for me, just kissing her on her cheek. Or, she was on fire. Took her to the doctor the next day. The doctor was like, well, it's not the flu. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to treat it like the flu. And so she just kind of gave her some antibiotics and she just kind of wrote it out. But she had a really bad, 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 bad cough in high temperature. And then she just, it phased out and she no longer had it anymore. So I was like, maybe she mm. had COVID before we knew what COVID was. Because the doctor didn't even know what it was. She knew it wasn't the flu, but it was related. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard so many stories like that. Because I, I think I had it, I had it too, that I literally had like a a bad bad cough. I was feeling very very sick. I didn't have lose like taste or smell or anything right, like that. Right. Yeah. Right. But it was it was something that I was like, okay, this is not a flu. This is not a cold. This is something different. This but then it's kind of like it was like three or four days, and then it kind of like bypassed. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm. I guess I guess I just had like a little bug or something like that. Right. Well, you were lucky if you got away with it for three to four days. Yeah, my daughter yeah. had a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, I. I been like taking vitamin c like like candy for the past like three years so it helped it was yeah i, I think it helped this time that's another thing we started doing too i started buying vitamins those little gummy vitamins for the kids and myself <laughs> to help mm -hmm. our immune system mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah all right um so that was the quarantine check-in mm -hmm. um so next up is just talk a little bit about yourself so you're platform is elegant plumes um i would call you a cigar connoisseur and a cigar enthusiast um and a you know a brand ambassador to the cigar lifestyle can you give me a little background and how you got into you know cigars and how you built started building your brand sure um you know it's something i actually kind of fell into um i have a friend who um owns a cigar lounge in the Maryland area. And he came out to visit and we decided just to go and visit different lounges in the Winston-Salem area. Took me to a lounge and um, asked me if I wanted to smoke a cigar. And I had never smoked anything prior to this moment. And I was a little hesitant because I thought that I needed to inhale this, this thing. So I was like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I was like, you can go ahead. You can do it. He was like, why? And I was like, don't you want to just try it? And I'm like, well, do I have to inhale it? Because that looks like a lot of tobacco. And he was like, no, you just put it in your mouth and you blow it back out. So he was like, here, just try this little baby one. He cut it. He lit it for me. He gave it to me. And it was an infused cigar. 
meaning flavored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, this tastes kind of good. And then as I'm smoking the cigar around all these guys and I'm looking at the cigar lounge, you got this dark panel woods and this nice leather furniture and it's really elegant and beautiful in there. And I started to feel like, hey, <laughs> this, I feel kind of elite right now, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm smoking my cigar. And then after um, we had, you know, when I had that experience with him, then when I came back to Charlotte, I was like, I really... Just for those who might be listening, I might be um, cigar smokers. I was smoking an acid blondie by Drew Estates. So I went into um, lots of... Huh? Shout out to Drew Estates. Shout out to Drew Estates, right. (laughs) So I went to different lounges looking for this acid cigar, and I ended up going through the entire line. And then um, a friend of mine, I told him that I smoked cigars. So he was like, oh, there's a cigar lounge over here in, in Charlotte on Monroe Road. So I was like, okay, well, let's go over there. Let's go hang out and see what it's like. Went over there, started meeting people. People there in the mm-hmm. cigar lounges are just, it's, it's uh, so diverse. You got like trash men to like lawyers and doctors. I mean, just an mm-hmm. all in between. Great, great, great people. Started really enjoying myself and met a couple of other ladies that smoke cigars. So we're kind of hanging out. And then I started taking my pictures. And as I'm taking pictures, um, I started noticing them. Instagram started to to grow. Um, then from there, I, we'll see what happened after that. Oh, I decided to do a cigar calendar um, called mm. Elegant Plume for 2018. I did one. Um, and then I did another one for 2019. But for 2019, I decided to do it for Sisters of the Leaf. So it was like me for six months. And then I pulled other ladies that smoke cigars for the other six months. And I inputted different cigar dates, like, um, you know, different huge festivals that's really known in the cigar industry, put that in there, cigar smoking tips. So I kind of made it better from 2018 to 2019. And then from there, I noticed that the door grew even bigger. And I was like, you know, let me just let me make a thing out of this. So that's when really elegant plume was kind of formed. Um, and at that point, I had different people sending me cigars to try to do some um, social media influencing for them. Um, and then that became a, a revenue stream. And then I started doing um, cigar events and hosting for different cigar lounges and cigar manufacturers. <clears throat> so things just kind of grew. Um, it really wasn't the intent. It was just, it was just, you know, that first cigar and and my love kind of just growing over time for the actual product and uh, a little bit of marketing savvy and networking and, and things just evolved to where they are now. <laughs> what, what would you say is some of your, I guess, some of your key traits or key activities that you do to kind of like spike up your, your influence with uh, your followers? Um, Engagement I think is so important. So I engage on the front and I engage on the back end, meaning that when people are commenting on my post, I comment back. Some people just Mm -hmm. post and then they just leave it alone. I think it's important to, you know, to have that engagement, but then there's people that don't want to, you know, send messages on your actual post and then they'll DM you. Not necessarily anything bad, although it can be. I've had some horror stories with that too, but, (laughs) but, you know, some people just honestly want to say, Hey, you know, what do you suggest? I'm going out of town, Mm -hmm. you know, should, what cigars do you suggest or what lounges do you think that I should go to Mm -hmm. in this area, that area, you know, so it's important to engage on the front and the back end. Um, and then just, keep the the content um relevant yeah so i think that's what the main thing is so what other where are your kind of where's your feelers out is it just the charlotte area where do you kind of like have a knowledge base of um i would say as far as north as the dmv area um Mm -hmm. and as far as south is miami I haven't really made it to the Midwest yet. I'm from Southern California. I haven't made it to California yet. I haven't really tested the cigar scene out there, although I'm hearing that it's not um, as big as it is over here um, mm-hmm. because of the taxes. Their taxes for cigars is uh, at an astronomical uh, rate. So whereas in Atlanta, you may have 70, 80 cigar lounges in the metropolitan area. In California, you'll have significantly less because of the, the cost it is to actually buy the cigars and you know the course of the rigid smoking laws there as well 
So you're from SoCal. What part? Yes. And how how did you make it to Charlotte? <laughs> Tell me about I, that matriculation. Yeah. So uh, I when people ask me that question, I always say 30 minutes east of Los Angeles because most people don't know the little city that I'm from. Um, but the city, actual city that I was raised in was San Dimas, California, which is in the Inland Empire, um, L.A. County near Pomona, Ontario. Most people know where Ontario is because there's an airport there. Um, So yeah, I live probably about 15 minutes away from the Ontario airport. That's where I was raised at. Um, How did I make it to uh, Charlotte? Um, In short, (laughs) (laughs) I left um, Southern California in, was it? Yeah, 2004 and made a pit stop in Atlanta for four years. (laughs) Um, and yeah, lived there until 2008. Uh, my marriage failed and decided to move a little closer to family. And at the time my parents had moved back to the Eastern seaboard and decided to retire and they, um, got a place near, uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. So I moved to North Carolina to get a little closer to them and then eventually found my way to Charlotte. And I've been here since 2012. Yeah. I feel like Atlanta is a like a, a changing ground for most people. They go to Atlanta, yeah. they're like, okay, I'm going to find myself, I'll be amongst my people, right. and then I'm going to grow. And then well, they disperse. Yeah, it's a, it was a perfect uh, pit stop for me. I think that mm-hmm. if I had moved from Southern California to Fayetteville, North Carolina, that would have been too much of a, a shock to my system. So, <laughs> so no. yeah, definitely Atlanta was a great move uh, to do. Yeah. That four years really got me prepared for the Southern life. Yes. You got to get, get used to the waving. You got to get used to the right. y'all. The, I'll the never twang. forget that. I was rolling through my subdivision and I was married at the time and people were just waving. I'm like, honey, do you know that guy? Why, why are they waving at us? It was so foreign to me. So yeah, you're definitely right about the waving thing. Y'all, yeah. hunch, uh, the cooler. I was like, what's the cooler? You mean the refrigerator? <laughs> Go to the cooler. The, the butter's in the cooler, honey. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, first of all, why keeping the butter in there? Is it right. frozen? <laughs> we're, well, we're in the cooler. She, right. It was weird. It was so weird. <laughs> or the ice box. <laughs> the ice box, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as far as um, cigar lounges, what makes you, no, first <clears throat> let's start off. What makes a perfect cigar for you? And then I'll go into what is your favorite cigar? Okay. So a perfect cigar for me would be one um, that has good airflow, where if I'm pulling on the cigar, my cheeks are not sucked all the way in. Um, Good flavor. Um, That is pretty strong. I'm a full body smoker now, so I like some strength to it, but still a lot of flavor. Um, Let's see. What else? Uh, I think that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, those are the things that make a good cigar to me. Um, okay. Yeah, as long it's as it doesn't unravel wrapper. on me. Um, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have two favorite wrappers: um, okay. San Andreas wrappers and Ecuadorian wrappers. Now, what I'm doing, I'm still in the in the learning phase. I've been doing this for probably about five years now, um, but. I'm learning as I go. I ask questions. I'm lucky enough to have a good amount of people around me that are very well versed in the cigar industry, both on the retail side and the manufacturer side, and those that are true um, cigar connoisseurs um, that really study the product. Um, So I ask questions all the time. So what I'm trying to do now is to try to figure out why do I like these wrappers? Why do I like San Andreas wrappers? Why do I like Ecuadorian wrappers over Cameroon, over, you know, um, Honduras or the other regions? So I have to study that and figure that out. But to answer your question, those are, those are the reasons. Those are the two wrappers that I do like. How about the filler? Fillers. <laughs> I'm indifferent to the filler. Um, it could be Nicaraguan. It could be any region. Um, I'm okay with that. Um, I just have found that when I smoke different cigars, ones that I have researched myself or people that recommend cigars to me, I'll smoke it. And when I look at the blend, it's the ones that I'm most crazy about have a San Andreas or Ecuadorian wrapper. And the filler and the binder could be a variety of different regions. So I just need to figure out why I like them. (laughs) Something in that soil, I guess. I don't know. Have you ever thought about uh, traveling out there and, and watching oh, them? 
Absolutely. <laughs> I've actually um, started the process just before COVID hit. Um, uh, a good friend of mine is um, Eric Espinosa of Espinosa Cigars, and he has an actual factory out there right down the way from AJ Fernandez um, factory. And so I was in the middle of putting together a tour for my cigar group, which is called Cigar Cut Up on Facebook, and was going to organize it so that we can go over there and, you know, they can uh, tour La Zona, which is the name of his his factory, as well as mm-hmm. AJ Fernandez. Um, but of course, COVID hit and, you know, that restricted all travel, of course. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I've been working on. Um, when I mentioned earlier about 2021, I wanted to organize that and get that going for people. I think that's essential. If you are really, 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 really into cigars, I don't understand how you could not want to go on a factory tour and see the entire process from seed to the end product. Um, they say that uh, there's an average of 300 hands that touch a cigar. So that tells you how intensive the, the process is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely want to, you know, experience that. So is it, yeah. is it, does it make the cigar more rare or more, I guess, luxurious with the less hands that touch it or the more hands that touch it? I don't, I don't think that really makes it any more luxurious at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a normal process um, between, you know, planting it and then, you know, the process of pulling the leaves and the fermentation process and all the rollers and then the packagers and then the distributors, all of those people encompass that 300 hands. So, yeah, it doesn't make it any less uh, or any more luxurious if it's less hands. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what makes so what makes your perfect cigar lounge? What is like if you had to <clears throat> have elegant plumes cigar lounge? How would it look? Because I know you thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know I have. <laughs> you know I've been so I just came back from Tampa. I didn't post that because I don't know when you're gonna release this, but no. I didn't post that I was in Tampa only because I didn't want to get a lot of um, slack from people. Um, and, you know, because their numbers are high right now with COVID and <laughs> I didn't want people to say, oh, no, I'm not going to hang out with you because you just came back from Florida. But um, anyway, I did. And I went to several different lounges. Um, and I think whenever I travel, I make it a point to experience different lounges because every lounge offers a different experience. Um, so and, and in that, I can say, oh, I loved, you know, um, what is it? Davidoff Lounge. That was great. Usually those are a little bit more ritzy and more um, um, higher end like the Monte Cristo lounges. And then you got the mom and pop lounges, you know, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't make them any more nice. They just offer a different experience. So with that being said, um, I'm not going to go into details about like the type of furniture and the decor and all that, because I've enjoyed myself in both settings. I think what's mm-hmm. most important for me is that it's clean. Um, that they have good air filtration system so that, you know, there's the room is not filled with smoke. I've been in, in cigar lounges where I'm just sitting there. My eyes are starting to burn, having a little difficulty breathing. It's just too many people in a room and the air is not moving out quick enough. And it just makes it uncomfortable. Um, another one would be a nice bar. Because mm. I like to um, have a good libation with my cigar. So a good a good full bar is nice. And then the humidor. Um, having a nice, well-stocked, well-kept humidor. And the reason why I say well-kept is, is because some um, cigar lounges, you know, if, if it's not 70, 70, 70, 70% humidity and 70% or uh, 70 degrees in temperature, then the cigars, um, I've seen some were hard as a rock. I could just hit it on a table and it's just super, super hard. Um, some will crumble in your hands. It's just, it's been, you know, it has been a, a bad experience. So um, I think as long as that is there, oh, and customer service. Yes. And I did, um, I did uh, a poll in my group several times and I listed all the different things that most cigar lounges have. And every time all of the um, members in the group have voted uh, customer service as being the number one thing uh, they look for in a cigar lounge. And I definitely agree with that. So that's what I look for. That would be my perfect lounge. Awesome. Um, so why the name Elegant Plume? Good question. So <laughs> Plume has, and I've learned this later, Plume has lots of different definitions. Plume is known as a feather. <laughs> Plume is known <laughs> as, well, I, lots of different things. I use it as the, as the term for smoke going up in the air. 
Uh, yes, plume for smoke. So, um, and then I smoke elegantly. I, I always want to carry myself in a very classy, elegant way. Um, and so that's the reason why I named that's my smoking moniker is elegant plume. Yeah. So do you feel like as a woman it is difficult to be in the smoking space? Like, do you get any pushback or are you more invited because there's so few of you guys in the space of cigars, like learning and being like influencer of cigar lifestyle? I do not get any pushback, but I do feel like um, it can be difficult being a woman in the cigar community. I'm not going to speak about the industry because I don't really feel as I'm in the industry really yet. Um, if I had a cigar lounge, I would say I'm in the cigar industry. If I had a cigar brand, then I'm in the industry. But I feel like I'm more in the cigar community as more of an influencer and do podcasts and, you know, do events. Um, so with that, I have a thousand and one stories. But, you know, I think the thing that is more challenging for me is to go into a lounge and have to deal with men who may find you attractive that have been drinking that liquid courage and say some wayward stuff to you, you know, Mm. or if you, if you know them and you go to give them a hug and they hold you extra long and they're, "Mm, mm," you know, moaning and stuff in your ear, (laughs) you know, uh, it gets, uh, you know, that can be a little challenging. And I, Everybody handles it differently. Some people, some mm-hmm. women are quick to go off on them. Mm-hmm. Um, I choose to be more um, firm, but polite. So everybody mm-hmm. has their way of handling it. Um, the other, on the other side of it, you know, it could be, and this is not necessarily a challenge per se. It's kind of like a little pet peeve, if you will. If when you go into mm-hmm. a new lounge, especially if you're going by yourself and you don't have a man next to you and you go into the cigar lounge, they automatically want to swift you over to the flavored cigars, right? Oh no, you can't possibly be smoking a Padron, you know, 1926, 90 year or Ashton BSG. No, you want Tatiana Blueberry, <laughs> you know? So, you know, that could be, you know, it's kind of a little knock a little bit, you know, because I, I feel pride in the fact that I have and can talk cigars with some mm-hmm. of the best of them. Um, again, I'm still learning. I'm not saying I'm a know-all be-all, but I mean, I've, I've sat in, in Vegas at IPCPR with some, you know, pretty significant brand owners and talked cigars with them for hours and it was a great time and I didn't feel like, I couldn't contribute. So, you know, I, I think it's just a, a, a lot of um, men just want to assume that if you're a woman smoker, then you smoke infused. And no no shade to anyone that smokes, you know, infused cigars to each his own. Mm-hmm. But I started off that way, but my palate developed. And yeah. so now I'm in the full body realm. And I did recently try, in all fairness, I did try to smoke an infused cigar when I was in Tampa, inadvertently. And I couldn't even finish it. I took two pulls and I put it down. It was just my palate has completely changed. <laughs> so it's kind of like when people, yeah, people would start with sky vodka and then you kind of have to upgrade, you know, right. <laughs> and once you get to a certain like lifestyle. Exactly. Be, yeah. Yeah. My liquor um, has changed too. <laughs> so. I was just, so that was my next question. What is, you said you like a little libation. What yeah. is your go-to libation with your favorite cigar? Like well, do you have a go-to drink? Uh, I have a few. So, um, let me just start off so you can appreciate the growth. I started off with drinking, um, Crown Royal Apple. That's all that I would drink. And I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And it's still kind of good, but now now it's too sweet for me. So, um, now I drink Monkey Shoulder, um, Knob Creek, um, Angel's Envy, Whipper Reserve, so those are the ones that I pair with my with my cigars now. Have you ever had um, Uncle Nearest? Oh, and Uncle Nearest. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been so, on him a lot here lately. Yeah, that's very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, once I learned yeah, once I learned that it was like a black owned, then it had a story behind it and then I've heard the story. These, like, I was like Yeah. Yeah. It's my go-to. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. Was it Jack Daniels? Is it Jack Daniels that yes. he was the one that taught him originally, and he kind of took off and left poor old Uncle Nearest in the background? Yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> it's the story of <laughs> society right now. Exactly, uh, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Um, Let me see. Uh, so the podcast. Yeah. Um, so short story. I don't know if you know, but we were in the same podcast. Yes, I remember. Group. Okay. We were yeah. in the same podcast group at Huga. Uh-huh. And um, and I was like, oh man, I got to talk to her whenever she gets her thing like lifted <laughs> off. So as far as like going on podcast and doing your own podcast, what is what has been your experience so far? And and has your have have you been doing your podcast kind of like consistently? No, okay. I haven't, and I've gotten so much slack from that. Mm-hmm. And I really and you know, big ups to you for for getting as far as you are. I think I just need to get a little bit more disciplined. Um, mm-hmm. The content is certainly there; it's just oh, making yeah. time to do it. Um, and I so I only got four episodes. <laughs> That's all I have is four episodes. So. Um, <laughs> But I definitely need to do it. I feel like there's a reason, there's a, a need for it. First of all, um, to my knowledge, I don't know if there's any other minority female cigar smoker that's doing a podcast. So there's a built-in niche right there. <clears throat> and then I got, I recently um, acquired my own podcast equipment. And with me traveling and going to Cigar Lounge, that opens the door up for me to now take the show on the road, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, and and I went to Atlanta. One of my good friends, Cigar Mike, all but cussed me out. We were at um, Havana's <laughs> in in um, Atlanta, and he was talking about me. That this is my friend, da, 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 to the owner, and she has a podcast. She's like, "Oh, really?" And he was like, "You didn't bring your stuff." And I'm like, "No, I didn't." And he was like, "Get on your game, sis. Get on your game." So I'm lucky enough to have you know some real significant people around me that push me and encourage me and constantly introducing me to other people in the cigar industry. And um, I just need to, I need to jump on it a little bit more. I just need to do that. So yeah, that's a, that's something that I'm working on. Okay, awesome. Uh, have you been on any others? Um, have I been on any other? No, okay. no, nope. Just yours. Cool. I got an exclusive. I've awesome. been on some zooms. Uh, I've been on a oh, okay. lot of zooms, but as far <laughs> as actual podcasts, no. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was going to ask you that question too. So, um, as far as going out to cigar lounges and going out to like different places to connect with the cigar community, um, have you guys been using Zoom and virtual like? meetups to yeah. kind of connect with one another and Absolutely. I, and what's what what's the difference what's the difference between like meeting in person obviously it's virtual but what does everybody feel like a little bit more laid back like what is the experience with like com- connecting with a cigar community over zoom right so everybody's smoking everybody's drinking <laughs> yeah i mean and so there's really no other difference i mean that's exactly what we're doing um we're just looking at each other over the screen um, so I've been ho- I've hosted a few for my cigar group, um, cigar cut up on Facebook. Um, I probably about four or five, and I-, I didn't really know what to expect. I had been on a few prior to that, but usually they lasted for like an hour or two, and everybody just kind of got off. Whereas mine, we started off at nine. We didn't get off to three a.m., and I was not experienced. I was not ready for all that, but. Um, I didn't want to end it because everybody was having such a good time. There was no dull moments in the Zoom. You know, everybody was just constantly talking and cracking up and taking their shots. And it was it was just a good time. So um, and most recently I did one with Fat Ash. Fat Ash is a cigar brand. I'm not sure if you're aware of uh, the brand or not. It's kind of like cigar porn, but Fat Ash. Mm -hmm. So um, he asked me to host a Zoom for his group where I did a cigar one-on-one for Sisters of the Leaf. So those that are new into cigars or never smoked a cigar at all. And I just kind of went over the basics, which was great. And that was about an hour. Got great feedback from that. So might be doing a few more of those in the future. But yeah, I think everybody across the board um, has utilized Zoom, Whereby, and all the other uh, Mm -hmm. social media mediums of doing virtual, um, you know, uh, conferencing and trying to keep that cigar camaraderie going virtually. Um, it, it, I mean, people were having them almost every night. It wasn't even on just on the weekends. They were just exactly, yeah. They wanted to just have a, you know, have that conversation that they would have in the lounge, but have it from the comfort of their home, free of COVID. Yeah, I think everybody just, everybody just wanted to. 
everybody always wants to connect socially. Like even the the most extrovert, I mean, introverted person somewhat wants to like go outside, at least see somebody, you know, just to make sure that, you know, they're in a, they're in a good headspace. So you, you talked, you talked a little bit about, um, cigar 101. So my, my, one of my, my questions before we go into shots fired is what is perfect cigar etiquette? Perfect cigar etiquette. Well, uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> so my first time, I'm not, it's my first time in a cigar lounge. I don't know <clears> anything <throat> about cigars. I just, I'm trying to get into the flow of things. Okay. What should I do? Who should I talk to? What should I start off with? All right. So I'll just tell you a few things that I would tell somebody in that situation that you just laid out, right? Mm -hmm. So first of all, um, when you go, it's etiquette that when you go into a cigar lounge, even if you have a big old huge carrying case of cigars, you always support the house. Always, always, always. So you may have 50 cigars on you, but it's, it's etiquette to go into the humidor and buy and support the house. That's number one. Number two, um, you should have your own tools preferred. If you're a newbie, it's okay to borrow. I would highly discourage anyone for using the house tools. Reason being, pre-COVID is that some people feel the need to lick their entire cigars and then put it in the house cutter and then cut it. So now you've got saliva, germs, all that stuff on the house cutters. And then if it's a busy cigar lounge, they're not always wiping it down between every use. So it's just not cleanly. And then some people, even when they um, have their own cigar cutters and then you borrow it, you don't know if they lick their cigars or what they do and then they cut it. And then you use your cigar to cut it. Now you got their germs on your stick. It's just for cleaning purposes, you want to have your own thing. And they're very inexpensive. You know, you just get mm -hmm. a little um, butane lighter, not big. Um, and then you get your own little, there's throwaway little guillotine cutters that you can get for just a couple of bucks. I mean, you don't have to spend mass amount of money, although they can get quite expensive. Both cutters and lighters can get extremely expensive. I know somebody who spent $200 on a lighter. Why? I don't know. I guess because it's a Bugatti lighter. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it wouldn't be me. <laughs> Excuse um, me. Right. There are some people that don't like people that um, utilize their cell phones in the cigar lounge. I personally don't have a problem with that as long as you are not in the corner screaming off the top of your lungs so that it's, you know, impeding on my conversation on the opposite side of the room. I don't see a problem with you talking on your cell phone, but some people mm -hmm. do. And that's one of the things that they would say that that's against etiquette. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else? Um, that's all that's coming to my mind right now. Okay. I know there's more. But it's not coming to me. <laughs> if it comes to any miss of anything we're talking about, you just bring it up, okay? Just jump in. Okay, got it, got it. <clears throat> like, oh, yeah, there's another thing. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to go into a um, section called Shots Fired. So I call it Elevated Icebreaker. So it's about 15, 20 questions. Um, and I'm going to ask the questions and they're going to start very simple, very easy to begin with. And then I'll get, get a little bit more thought provoking at the end. Cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And this is Shots Fired. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite sport? MMA. Okay. What's your favorite movie? Oh, my God. Any mafia movie. I can't pick one. Um, what's a movie that you hate that you love? Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> what's, one, <laughs> what's one place you want to visit? Um, Bora Bora. Would you rather travel forward in time or back in time? Mm, I would say back. Okay. Who is your celebrity crush? Uh, Idris Elba. Okay. Um, what's your favorite type of music? R&B, Neo Soul. And who's your favorite artist? Now, I'm preface this by saying the artist doesn't have to be a musical artist. It can be any artist whose art provokes emotion to you. So it could be a painter. It could be a dancer. It could be a street artist. Um, I would say Prince. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, I don't do karaoke, 
Um, <laughs> so nothing comes to mind right now that I would get up in front of people and sing. <laughs> so, so yeah. So my my backup question to that is: after three drinks, what song goes comes in your head? <clears throat> um, <laughs> probably uh, today was a good day by Ice Cube. There you go. <laughs> um, what song would describe your life? Oh gosh. Okay, this is getting thought provoking. I can't do the rapid fire with these kind of questions. <laughs> what song would describe my life? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we can do a pass. Okay, pass. Um, what song would be played in hell in your hell on a loop? Uh. Probably any song by these little mumble rappers of today. Um, yeah, I can't even think of the artist because I don't even care to know their names. So any of these mumble rappers of today, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. Who would you change places with for one day? Um, Oprah. Okay. What would be the name of your autobiography? Um, Life and Times of Drita Hyde, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Keep it simple. Right. <laughs> if you had to be handcuffed to someone for a month, who would it be? Oh, Jesus. Um, probably my boyfriend, I guess. I okay. would, I would love to be with him for a month, day in and day out. So, yeah. Good choice. <laughs> Casey's listening. <laughs> I chose you, babe. <laughs> I'll pull that sound clip and send it to you. <laughs> um, if you had the talk show, who would be your first guest, alive or dead? And what would you ask them? Um. Well, the first name that came to my mind, I know that he has recently passed, was um, Jose Padron, um, because he seems to be like one of the forefathers of uh, making cigars. Um, and I would probably want to ask him questions that probably everybody else has asked him questions already, because I've known he's been interviewed a thousand times. Um, but, you know, there's nothing like being in somebody's presence that uh, that actually has experienced the things that you desire to experience and getting that vibe from them. So I know that he's passed, but I would say Jose Pizron. I would want to okay. interview him and get to know about his path in cigars. What's one superpower you want to have? What was that question? What's one superpower you want to have? Oh, <clears throat> read minds. Okay. Um, what would your superhero costume look like? Um, well, my favorite, uh, I like to dress up. Let me just put that out there. So <laughs> Halloween is like my favorite thing. And then, um, I know they have those, um, what is it? Those cons, anime cons yeah. and stuff mm -hmm. that my daughter brings me to. So, comic um, Tell yes, comic, comic cons. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, I have a storm costume that I probably have worn and upgraded as each year goes along. So storm hands down. I think she's so dope. So yeah, I would definitely be storm. Awesome. I know she has the whole weather thing, but I would add the reading minds to her superpower lists. Yeah. She'd be super powerful. Yeah. She's, she's, she's <laughs> a type nine. Mutable. Yeah. She's type X mutant. I'm yeah. very into combo. Let's do this. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much. Um, would you rather would you rather be able to fly or be able to breathe underwater? Breathe underwater. Okay. Yeah. What's one of your guilty pleasures? Um caramel cone Hagen dazs ice cream. I will eat the entire bowl in my bed while watching Ratchet TV. <laughs> my hip hop of uh, Atlanta or hip hop New York mm -hmm. or <laughs> Housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, I'm just like, so that's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> Last question. Uh huh. What is your death row meal? I need an app, entree, and a dessert. Um, and they don't have to like all go together, right? 
I mean, because nah. it'd be weird if it's like breakfast and then lunch and then a dinner item. Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so appetizer would be onion rings. Mm-hmm. Um, the meal would be um, French toast. Love French toast. And then the dessert would be um, creme brulee. Love creme brulee. So I know that's a weird, I probably ordinarily would not eat all that together, but those are my favorites in each of those categories. Well, listen, that's, it's your last meal. So you got to have whatever you want. <laughs> right. And my waistline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. T.I. We T.I. You have whatever you like. There we um, go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and that is Shots Fired. Okay. So we're going to go into the pillars of the podcast. The first thing I want to touch on is life. So. First thing in the life section, um, do you have a story about aliens, ghosts, or spirits? Uh, yeah, I have a story about a spirit. Okay. Shoot. All right. So <clears throat> um, I was probably about 23 years old, um, and I was laying in the bed with my daughter. And um, I was laying there with my eyes closed and then I felt like there, I was not in the house by myself when really it should have just been my daughter. She was two at the time. Should have just been us in the house. I opened up my eyes and to the left of me, there was this black woman there. I could tell that she was not physically there, but she was there. Um, And she was dressed uh, like in the era of the 20s. Mm-hmm. And she was staring at my daughter. And um, I kind of freaked out. And I didn't want to stare at her too long because, you know, like in the movies when the, you know, the ghosts like look at you and stuff, they yeah, like yeah. freak out. So I was like, I don't want to make eye contact with this lady. I was like so scared. So I, you know, I'm like in my early 20s, I reverted to a little kid and I put the blanket over my head. And I did, you know, I was raised in the church and stuff. So I'm like praying and doing my. <laughs> I went to Catholic school too, so I'm doing my prayers and my Hail Marys and doing everything. <laughs> covering for all bases, covering all bases. All- <laughs> <laughs> and um, I took the covers off my head and looked back to see where that spirit was, and, and she was gone. Um, she wasn't looking at my daughter like she wanted to hurt her. She wasn't necessarily looking at her like she was admiring her, like you know, a grandma coming to visit her grandchild. It wasn't like that. She was just staring at her. So um, mm. I will never, ever, ever, ever forget that. So that's my my story about a spirit. All right. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, next question um, is about love. Um, so I, I give a choice here. Do you want to answer the question, what is your worst breakup story? Or what is your worst date story? Hmm. Oh gosh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that's not too personal, <laughs> but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um you gotta go personal, go interesting. You just Oh it's... my gosh. <laughs> oh names, I don't know who's gonna names, be listening to this. <laughs> names redacted. Ah. <laughs> uh, Well, I don't want to. Okay, I'll just talk about this on the very surface level. So I already mentioned that my marriage ended. So um, we broke up because he um, had a mistress and ended up having a kid during our marriage. So um, there's a truncated to a very complicated and horrible story to to all that <laughs> without going mm-hmm. into all the details. But yeah, yes, that's yeah. that's my breakup story for you today. Okay. okay. Very high level. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask any more questions. All right, uh, thank you. <laughs> um, other thing about love, if what is what would you um what is your um what would you say love is I would say <clears throat> that love is a connection between two people that is on um goes beyond a surface level and very deep level um it goes beyond flaws 
and imperfections. Um, uh, it, it is a, a sinking of two, two souls. Mm. That's beautiful. <laughs> you wiping your tear? <laughs> <laughs> You're really right. making me think here tonight. I was not prepared for this. I probably needed a shot of some Uncle Nearest for the show. <laughs> And a cigar. <laughs> I was I was going to do it outside. You're dredging up old memories and everything. What's going on, man? That's the, that's what we do in the rest of the world. We make you think and we make you cry. I just want one tear. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, no, um, I was I was really going to do this outside and what you call it? Do uh, get have my like have a cigar, have something to drink. Yeah. You know, but I was the only problem was it was raining. So I was oh, like, yeah. I ain't messing with it. So Right. Okay, yeah. same here. So another time. <laughs> but that would have been um, good. Another time we would have definitely done that. I didn't know you smoked cigars. That was gonna be my surprise at the end. What? <laughs> my surprise at the end. What? But um well, you're gonna have to come me, have me... a smoke with me now. So now that I know. For sure. <clears throat> Um, okay. But let me let me do this last question, and then okay. I can save my cards. Okay, um, all right. So, last um, subject is laughter. Uh-huh. So, what is one thing that you can think of that immediately brings a smile to your face every time? Oh, my children, hands down, they are the most loving, goofy. They they match me. I'm a very goofy person. A lot of people don't see that. Um, I guess that when I'm in my inner circle, I'm the go- I will do a handstand in a minute. I will do the duck walk down the stairs. You know, I have no problems making a fool out of myself, uh, especially if I know my children are embarrassed. Oh, then I take it up to the 15th level. I I have my daughter one time a real quick story. We're in a restaurant. And Michael Jackson was on. So I started doing some little Michael Jackson moves in my seat, right? Doing a little shimmy thing, right? Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, my God, Mom, please stop. Oh, my God. She puts her hands over her face and she puts her face to the wall, like trying to shield anybody from seeing her. So I get up and I start doing the, mean, the moonwalk in the middle of the Mexican restaurant. Oh, you want to be embarrassed? Oh, I'm going to show you embarrassment. So, but they're like the same way I am. They're just, just as goofy as I am. So um, they definitely bring a smile to my face no matter what. That's another beautiful one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. A surprise. surprise. Let's right. see what so, you got for me here. So um, I am new as you, well, much newer than you to the cigar lifestyle. Okay. Um, so when Up and Smoke was on, um, um, which is shop, the cigar circle. Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of introduced me to cigars and he gave me a Drew Estate Nicarag- Nicaraguan. Um, I think I'm still again, new. Right. Um, um, Maduro. That's what it was. Maduro. Okay. Maduro. And I smoked it and I was like, I think I like this. So I have this. So I'm in the bag. Um, and I got a couple sticks in here. Nothing too crazy. I can't wait to um, see what you got. Look. So I have um, Drew Estate. Ah, yes. That's one good. That's a good one. Yes. All right. Um, And this one, just, I don't. Oh, Leap by Oscar. Yes. Yes. Which one is that? Is that the Connecticut or Maduro? This is the, it says Corojo. Oh, Corojo. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So just, can I just tell you one thing? So Please. the that blender um, is no longer, he, he has moved over to Oscar. So he does the, um, oh my God, I just forgot that other name of the other cigars that he does. Um, uh, oh my God. It's like soul something. Have you seen that cigar? If we only um, had like devices that could look up things in a hurry. If we only had those. <laughs> right. I cannot think of the name of it. But anyway, he makes several cigars. He started off mm-hmm. with that one and then he went and started in doing his own thing. And for the life of me, I cannot think of the name of his um, other cigars right now, but they're very good. And you should definitely try them. When we're done, I'm going to send them the names to you. Oscar Valadares is the name of his. Yes. Uh, send me as many. So 
I've come to the conclusion I am a newbie. I, I, I didn't start with Refuse. I started with the, the most, the hardest one, I think. <laughs> and then I, I, kind of, I was like, let me taper back a little bit. So yeah. um, my when I had a Romeo and Julieta c- cigar. The, oh, um, yeah. Yeah, when I, st- when I had that one, I was like, okay, this is the perfect blend. This is the perfect uh-huh. like, texture, perfect taste. It's not too draggy. I don't feel like my, my yes. throat is going to like too fall dry. out my... Right. Exactly. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go with that. And I just been kind of like into this whole thing. I even have a humidor, like for my birthday, um, people buy me cigar stuff. They were, okay. they, uh, mom got me a, uh, what you call it? A, uh, um, my mom got me a the cigar, like book, like a book about cigars, like the whole lifestyle. And then, um, m- uh, my girlfriend got me, uh, what you call it? A humidor. So I'm right now I'm seizing my humidor. I have one of those. Oh, look um, at you. Go ahead now. <laughs> <laughs> Ovita, Ovita, Ovita yes, pack. right. Um, I'm, trying, I'm getting. I got a little pack. I've been seasoning it for two weeks now. Good um, for you. Yeah, you're in have, there now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm right deep in the culture. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I was like, uh, when once uh, quarantine hit, I was like, okay, I need to find something to keep my mind, like, because I, I like to. I'm, I'm a collector. I'm also because I'm very into comic books. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I think I dove too much into comic books, and now I need to get something a little bit more adult. So, <laughs> so I've been mixing, <laughs> like, I've been going to like Tinderbox and things like that, and just going to like different cigar lounge, cigar places, just like uh-huh. picking people's brains. So I yeah. try to find. At somebody new every time I get there and just be like, hey, can you su- suggest like two cigars? Yes. And I give them like the flavor profile and like similar. And they just give me like two of everything. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I'm just trying yes. to build up a collection. That's the best like that. way to yeah. do it. That's been, And just before I forget, so I had to look it up real quick because it was going to mm-hmm. bother me. Superfly is one of the newer Superfly. releases by Oscar Valadares. And then he also has um, Oscar, just plain Oscar, and it comes in like Maduro and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you definitely want to explore his line if you like that one that you just held up, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Love this. And what else did you have other than those those two? Um, got a whole bag full here. Uh, there we go. I just now this part of the podcast is just show and tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh. H. Hapana Grupo de Maestros. Uh, mm. Let me see the band. Move it over just a little bit. Uh, okay, I can't see it. Shoot, I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah. tell by what you were saying, and I can't see the band. Might be too. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what you call it? The, then I got this guy here. I don't know what this is, but this came highly recommended. Oh yeah, um, Undercrown Shade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you got the Avo in your other hand. I mean, behind. Yeah, it. okay, yep. you already know. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got a good palette there. I think one of the things that's key is that when you go to cigar lounges, like what you're telling me that you're already doing, is just try various cigars. If people give you cigars, try it because what you'll find is that your palette will really develop. Um, and you'll and, and another thing is I don't know if you're doing already is take pictures of the cigars that you like. And the cigars yes. that you don't like. Yes. You know, so that kind of I'm, be a, a reminder. And then yeah, research gonna, it. Yeah. I was going to say, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I hold on to the binders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You mean the uh, the bands? The bands. Yep. The bands. Okay. You hold on to the bands. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, I have bags and bags of them in my closet. Because <laughs> I was going to do a project. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a little project. I'm going to get a little table and put that stuff on. Yeah. I got the table sitting over here. It's been sitting there for two years. <laughs> I have never. So then someone was like, just give me your bands. I'll do something with them. So I'm going to eventually do that because I'm not, I'm not artsy crafty. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just in a moment. That <laughs> <laughs> was just in a moment. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, so we're gonna have to get you to Taylor Smoke. I don't know what side of town you live on, but um, Ballantyne area. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a little far. Well, we'll have no, to just tell me where. Out. Just tell me where where I need to be, and I'll get there. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think you'll like I Taylor love Smoke. Driving. Taylor Smoke. Yeah, they have one at the epicenter, but that one's closed right yes. now because of COVID. Yes. But they recently opened yeah. up one in Concord. They got a nice little okay. patio. Um, they got a coffee shop right next door if you want to do coffee over libations. And okay. um, they got a few opened up. So, yeah, we're going to have to hit me offline and then uh, we'll go catch a smoke at some point. For sure. <laughs> I'm just down about the first round. All right. <laughs> um, okay. So, 
that was show and tell part of the podcast that nobody okay. will be able to see. We'll just, right. we just, everybody's like, what is happening? Right. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but so here, so the final thing in the podcast, can you give everybody your social medias where they can find you any events coming up that they can um, plug into? Yeah. So, um, I can be found on, um, Facebook and Instagram at elegant plume <clears throat> and that's plume is spelled P L U M E. Um, and then my podcast is called the smoke room cigars with elegant plume. And that can be found on all the um, podcast, um, mediums, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, um, all that. Um, I have a website, elegantplume.com. Um, and then as far as event, oh, and then I have a cigar group called Cigar Cut Up on Facebook as well. We got about 3,000 members and going, very engaged group. Um, so if anyone is interested, feel free to join. Um, there are some preliminary questions there. So we just want to make sure. The only reason why I put those questions there is because I was getting a lot of weed smokers wanting to join. So mm. no weed, only cigars. <clears throat> um, as far as events is coming up, um, normally by this time of year, I would have done um, a couple already. but COVID hit. Um, but I just recently got an invite to go to Brooklyn, New York um, next month Brooklyn, to do oh, an sweetheart. event there. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I cannot think of the name. I have to look to see if you know the name of the lounge. But um, yeah, they invited me to come out. So we are um, trying to pinpoint a date as of right now. But that looks like that's going to be my first event of the year. Um, so yeah, I'll keep everybody posted. If you follow me, I'll let you know when um, other events are coming up. So yeah. Again, thank you, thank you. The final thank thing, you. Podcast, the final thing we do on the podcast, which is the most embarrassing thing on the podcast, which I love, is <laughs> we, say, we say the catchphrase, which is love, peace, and chicken grease. Okay, are we saying this together? Because you're not going to no, have no, me no. say that by myself. <laughs> you say it by yourself. Love, peace, say and chicken grease. There we go. Ow. And- <laughs> Gotta add that to it. We're gonna say chicken grease. I gotta add the ow. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Drew versus the World.